Welcome to the Fourth Watch Podcast, where we practice the art of discernment in the public square, commenting on community, culture, and politics, primarily in the Inland Empire of Southern California. Here's your host, Tim Walborn. Hello, welcome to the Fourth Watch Podcast. This is episode five. I am your host, Tim Walborn. Uh, this week, we will be talking about apples and oranges, fear as an improper motivator, the value of good works, and what do you really believe? But before we get started, I'm gonna leave you with this quote. People everywhere must be taught scientific facts about environmental risks that are sensational enough to scare them into compliance. This was written in 1997. Okay, so this week's session or discussion about do the math is dealing with apples and oranges, but not really. Have you ever heard the phrase comparing apples to oranges? Basically means that you're comparing two different things and considering that they are the same. An apple is not an orange and an orange is not an apple. So you can't really compare an apple to an orange. They're different fruits. And as we find ourselves in the midst of the coronavirus, uh, the Wuhan Chinese thing that's happened with us, we are seeing that same thing come down through the media. About, probably about a month ago, early in April, they started to say the United States has surpassed Italy as the country with the most amount of um, cases. True, but then I started thinking, well, if you think about the Olympics, which also got canceled this summer, when they do the uh, parade of nations and all these nations bring in all of their various uh, competitors, the United States section is always the largest. We've got tons and tons and tons and tons of competitors competing in every possible competition the Olympics offers. So we have a very large team. Well, that could have something to do with the fact that we have a very large population. And so when we start to compare ourselves to Italy, it doesn't really compare. Italy has a population of 60 million people. The United States, on the other hand, has a population of 330 million people. So we are five times larger than Italy. So to get the same amount of people as the United States in population-wise and even size-wise, we'd have to look at Western Europe and compare ourselves to Western Europe. And so if we do that, there's 10 nations roughly in Western Europe, and I'm not going to list them all right now but they have a combined total population of 318 million people. So it still gives the, the USA a little bit of an edge, but again, we have 318 million people, or they do, right? So when you compare that, and we're looking at the first week of April, the cases in Europe are 588,000 cases. The cases in the United States are 386,000 cases roughly, give or take. So we're still 200,000 cases below Europe. It's not until the end of April that we, are, that we see that the United States actually surpasses Europe. And we're not even counting England in that count or Ireland. We're only counting the continent itself. 
April 27th, the numbers are 915, 720,000 cases in Europe and 985,443 cases in the United States. At that point, the United States exceeds Europe with the amount of cases worldwide. So, but why isn't the media reporting that? Why are we always just seeing, oh, the United States has the most? Well, yeah, the United States has the third largest population in the world. So of course we have more because we have more people. That just makes common sense. So when you're hearing things and you're looking at statistics, I would challenge you to do the math and start to ask the question, does this really add up? talk about fear as an intense motivator and maybe even more so an improper motivator right if we look at numbers chapter 13 and verse 14 Moses and the children of Israel had come to the edge of the promised land they saw God bring them through the the Red Sea they got, saw God provide for them in the wilderness and in the desert and and everything else and he brings them right up to the edge of the promised land and they send in 12 spies, one from each tribe. And those 12 spies go in, they tour out the land, they check it out, and they come back. And, and when they come back and they start to give their reports, everybody's hopeful. Everybody's like, yeah, let's go in. God's going to give this to us. And then they start to give their report. 10 of the 12 basically say, oh, there is no way we can do this. They're filled with giants and they're mean and they're horrible and they're they make us look like grasshoppers and they're gonna stomp on us and they're gonna destroy us and oh my gosh don't do this and so panic starts to ensue in the children of israel and everybody says no don't no why did god bring us out here to kill us this doesn't make sense and then you get two people who then turn around and say wait we can do this we can go in and we could take the promised land. So what are you being motivated by right now? Are you being motivated by fear? I, I, I sense in the middle of this, everything that's going on around us, that there is an incredible amount of fear that is being put upon us as the American people. The people of the world. We are fearful if we go outside. We're fearful that um, we have to panic and we have to make sure we're wearing a mask and we have to be locked down in our houses and we can't go out and we can't do this and 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 who knows can't meet up with other people you can't talk to other people because you're gonna get them infected and everybody's gonna die and on the back end of this where we're at now we're seeing that the death rate's not quite as high in some places it's not affecting some populations as well as, as much as it's affecting others so I believe that there's undue panic. 
I was watching the evening news one night, and they they played Dr. Fauci five times saying the same exact clip in a matter of five minutes. But in five minutes, I'm sure he said a whole bunch of other stuff, but they kept playing the same little 10-second clip over and over and over and over and over and over again as if to drill home the, the, the fear and the panic that we needed to be living under. And so what should our response be as Christians? First, our response should be like Paul says to Timothy in Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Or in verse 1, in chapter 1, verse 5, he says, We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. So we have love and we have power and we have a sound mind to think clearly. But fear makes us think unclearly. But God has given us a spirit to think clearly. Second is that we need to remember, like John writes in his first epistle, that perfect love casts out all fear. God's perfect love for us casts out that fear. It'll cast out the fear that we have of, of, of death. Cast out the fear that we have of, of getting sick. It casts out the fear we have of getting somebody else sick. And then, and finally, or not finally, but in, in, in Paul's writing to the Philippians and he says, he who began a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. We may have the fear that because we've lost our jobs, we're, we're locked down in our houses, that, that we can never come back out of this. We can't change. We can't be different. We can't move forward. We have a new normal coming up. And, and, and that fear can then motivate us. And that's not where God wants us to be. So Paul says, hey, remember, he who began a good work will complete that good work. He's going to follow through with that good work. And then just like God spoke to jo Joshua in, in the first book of Joshua, as they actually did enter into the promised land, he goes to Joshua and he says, he said, um, be strong and very courageous. I have given this land everywhere that you put your foot is given to you. So he's being told to trust God in this and to believe in him for what God wants to do in his, in his and the children of Israel's life. And God would be saying that to us right now. He's like, I have a plan for you. I have a, a idea for you. I have a direction I'm sending you and I'm going to do something new in you and where I'm going to continue the work that I began in you to make you the person I want you to be. But we can't be walking by fear. Our calling is to walk by faith. And I'll leave you with that. Have you ever thought of the benefit of good works and mercy? Jesus says, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and what glorify your father who is in heaven. In these days of darkness, in these days of people running in fear, in these days of confusion and lack of God in the world, our simple good works as Christians can point people to God because what does he say? He says, they will see your good works and they will glorify your father in heaven because they will know that you are doing these because you are a believer.
Okay, so here's my final thought for this week. I was thinking about, I've been reading some stuff on the uh, early church and the early, early church fathers and, uh, and how the word of God spread and how people got saved and the church grew basically during that time. Um, and, I, and I started to think about the Apostles' Creed. I'm like, well, I've heard of it. I've kind of read it a couple, I've seen it a couple times, I guess, but haven't really taken it to heart. I'm like, well, what's in the Apostles' Creed? And the word creed basically means a, uh, a statement of I believe or a statement of your beliefs. So the Apostles' Creed is the Apostles' statement of beliefs. And so here's what is commonly considered the Apostles' Creed. It says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended, into, descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. That's quite a statement. That's quite a statement of beliefs. I remember a, listening to a Catholic band, I think they were called Crispus, and uh, they were making a statement in there, and I believe it was a, a song to Mary or something like that, and I just remember thinking, these people believe, and they believe boldly in what they believe. Which, this is my thought. A lot of times, we'll be saying, I think, or my opinion is or I feel. And that can that tends to be our response right now. It's like, well, I think this, or I feel that, or uh, maybe this. But are we bold enough to say, I believe this. I believe this to be true. I believe this is the way things are. I believe this is what we should do. I think the word believe has been moved from our society, and even as Christians has been moved from our vocabulary that we're not using it as strongly as we should. And maybe we don't believe as strongly as we should. And maybe I'm speaking to myself and maybe I need to challenge myself, which I do, about what do I believe and, and do I believe this and is this my belief? And so I would ask you this, when was the last time you said, I believe, dot, dot, dot? Think about that. Maybe it's time to start believing in something stronger. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and leave a review. This helps others find us.